Howdy! Welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast, a production of the Pacific Century Media Company. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Good afternoon, Jeff. And joining us this week as well is my segundo, Jared Reiser. Howdy, Jared. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're back for another tight uh, episode of Managing Expectations. This is episode number 22. We have been under-promising and over-delivering Managing Your Expectations for 22 episodes now. We're very happy that you've carved out some, uh, some of your valuable time to share with us. Uh, thanks very much for that. So uh, uh, you two, uh, before, beforehand, uh, were busting <laughs> my chops about Logan Lucky. Please make your case for the movie Logan Lucky. Which one of you cinematic geniuses would like to go first? Well, I'm going to start with uh, uh, Daniel Craig as uh, some hillbilly jailbird named Joe Bang. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, okay, do people need to see the movie now that they've now that you <laughs> you've described him as Daniel James Bond as a hillbilly jailbird named uh, Joe Buck? Joe Joe Bang. Joe Bang. Okay. And uh, Adam Driver plays a one-armed bandit. He had one arm. <laughs> Was he a bandit? Uh, yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> so I was trying to look it up, but maybe Brian might remember because it's been a while since I, I've seen it, but the scene where... Daniel Craig is trying to explain how explosive explosives work to Channing Tatum and what's his name is real. It's a real funny scene. And I just can't remember what, do you remember what he's, how he worded it? Like how he explained that to them. <laughs> he had to uh, dumb it down for them. It was a pretty funny scene. Like he's, cause he's, he's smart. He's a smart guy, uh, Craig. I mean, he knows how to build, knows how to build bombs and he's trying so, to explain it to them and they don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't get it. But they, they, yeah, they make they make a bomb out of like gummy candies and table salt, and like Alka Seltzer. <laughs> and uh, the problem it didn't blow up because they they twisted the bag too tight. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, it sounds great. I'm you're not really turning me around on this. Um, okay, I forgot Channing Tatum was in that. Um, he. I think the only Channing Tatum movie I've ever, well, it's not really his movie, but he was in Hail Caesar by the Coen brothers. He he plays like some sort of Gene Kelly character, a song and dance man, incredibly wealthy uh, Hollywood type. Did you see this movie, Jared? What's the name of it again? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 it took Keep me up, people. 
I found a good quote from Logan Lucky, but I, you've moved on. So hey, hey, No, no. Well, we can go back to it. But, I mean, so far, we got Joe Bang and making a bomb to uh, steal the money using <laughs> toast and Diet Coke. Um, and then there's, like, an awkward silence, and Brian says, so that's pretty funny. <laughs> so far, so far keeping with the uh, theatrical uh, uh, tone uh, right now, it seems like this uh, podcast is being directed by Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> uh, that's funny right there. I love, yeah. I love when you crack yourself up. That's the, <laughs> I tell you what, anybody who doesn't get that can Wikipedia afterwards and just laugh. And laugh. Uh, did you want to hit us with your, uh, Okay, so so uh, Logan Lucky was uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh, right? That's correct. So, um, and then how? Ocean Eleven movies, Eleven's, Twelve, and Thirteen. Right. Yeah, he did the Ocean's movies for money, and then apparently did Logan Lucky just for the love of cinema. Uh, <laughs> he did a movie called. Okay, so he broke out in uh, uh, in the late '80s with. Uh, Sex Lies and Videotape, and he was already, and he was just labeled a, a director to watch. And then he did uh, he he did Aaron Brockovich in like two thousand. Um, and then he's made like some small movies, like uh, he did did a movie called Tripwire, I think. I never saw it. Um, so then then he he did some he did something recently with the girl who was in The Crown. Claire Foy, and uh, I didn't see it, but it, I think the kind of the story, like he shot the whole thing on an iPhone. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did a whole movie on an iPhone, which would be interesting to see. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jared, you have. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is going to be like prom. Um, maybe we need to manage expectations. Dude, I, I moved on like you wanted me to, and I was looking up Soderbergh trying to get the name of the movie for you. <laughs> I can't okay. find it. I didn't know he did Contagion. Is that what it... Oh, good for him. Contagion. All right, so... Um, oh, have, you, have you guys seen Contagion since the plague started? Mm -mm. I've never seen it. Period. Oh, it's good. Yeah, no, it's 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 really good. It was made in uh, 2011. I didn't realize it was that long ago. When we were, when, yeah, when things were getting serious, but um, nobody was sheltering in place quite yet, we had dinner with some friends and they rented it on iTunes, and we watched it. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, uh, you know, all star cast. You know, the whole thing. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. It seemed pretty believable and it like kind of, you know, even though you know what's going on, I mean, they, the hook, uh, th there's actually a hook in how, um, the contagion started. It's prescient and timely. How about World War Z? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so. What's interesting about, uh, I mean, and I'm not, I, I don't have a uh, vast working knowledge of uh, the uh, zombie uh, uh, milieu if you will. But um, I, I do know, uh, I do know that they um, have made it less about Haitian um, uh, voodoo rights and more about like just, um, you know, like a bug or something like a virus, which turns people into flesh eating monsters. When I, at my old job, I had a couple of guys that, that loved The Walking Dead and they, they talked about it every week and they were just, you know, just all about it. And um, I said, man, I, they, they suggested that I watch it. I'm like, I don't know. That's not really, it's not really my style. I said, zombie, zombie shows. It's not really my thing. And he said, one of the guys says, man, it's not about zombies. It's about the human condition. <laughs> 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 that's funny yeah that's funny that a guy at the water cooler is able to speak about the human condition mm -hmm. uh yeah that was you 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 were at the brookings institute then right that's right brookings <laughs> institute <laughs> um you know i i think another show that's like that is um Battlestar Galactica, which I haven't seen, and Brian, I know you haven't seen it because you've only had three months to see it. <laughs> it's come up once or twice. Brian hasn't seen it. Jared, have you seen it? Nope. Okay, well, yeah, just just another great uh, conversation here. But it, it's, I mean, it's like the humans are humans, and then like the Cylons are the this. You know, advanced. Okay, so there's two types of Cylons, incredibly gorgeous, perfect, sexy ones, and then like the metal soldier ones, right? And um, the I don't know. I kind of stopped watching it because I felt like it was like okay. Well, I think we've talked before about the rise of the anti-hero. I think probably beginning. Well, I mean, there've been anti-heroes for a long time, but. Uh, in this so-called golden age of television, uh, Tony Soprano uh, was a character that a lot of guys thought was cool because he, even though he's a bad guy, even though he's a killer, um, you know, it was almost like, it was, I mean, it was almost like a superhero in that, like, wouldn't it be great if you could fly and defeat the aliens and only with Tony Soprano wouldn't it be great if everybody would like give you money in an envelope and like you know kiss your ring or whatever so um in fact I, I re remember reading an, a, a review as the series drug on and um it was critical of the Sopranos by saying um that that a, a series that had started with just Shakespearean heights uh, had devolved into every suburban man's um, frustrated id. So, you know, when 
Tony would behave badly to the guy at Home Deep at the home store. You know, it's like, yeah, that's how you. I should do that. Yeah, that's how you treat guys that don't respect you. But I, I think a more benign version is Don Draper, who is a very interesting character in Mad Men, but you don't really you don't really want to be like Don Draper. And you certainly don't want your daughter anywhere near Don Draper, right? Um, I've never, I, I've never watched for whatever reason. I never watched Breaking Bad, but uh, some really smart people say it's the best of all these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the anti-hero. Well, so watch him, watching um, uh, Walter White is the is the. Um, Bad. Uh, he's yeah, the yeah. guy he's the guy that breaks bad he's a math teacher who starts uh uh cooking crystal meth in a in an rv or something right and thereby hangs the tail six or seven seasons so um w- with battlestar galactica what i found was the cylons were like altogether more commendable and the humans were just like, really, like just the sort of disappointing, crappy people that, you know, you got to de- deal with in regular life. So I'm like, you yeah, know, this is a bummer. I'm not watching this anymore. But the first the first season or two was was really exciting. You know, they had. The, yeah. So my, my buddy said this. People. My buddy said the same thing about The, the Walking Dead, <laughs> that the zombies are really kind of decent guys. <laughs> is that right? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, that's good. That's funny. Uh, um, yeah, and I don't, I, I heard a reference. Somebody said, um, I, I don't know the guy's name, but there was that one guy who was like in like almost all The Walking Dead until like near the very end. Well, and then, and then there were like gangs, right? Like, didn't the guy, oh, what's his name? I kind of like the, the actor, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He joined the cast of The Walking Dead, but he was just like a bad man, like preying on other humans, you know, trying to make himself the the big shot. So I actually heard that it was less and less about zombies as it went along and more about people in, uh, you know, a dystopian hellscape of a future. Um, So... You know, I I guess I'm just I guess I'm just really surprised, Brian, that you wouldn't sit down with the whole family every <laughs> Sunday night and, and watch watch that about the human condition. <laughs> You're fucking <laughs> good family film. Yeah. <laughs> with it, when it comes to zombie movies, I I get scared enough going to the bathroom when it's really dark out at night, and just to have images of zombies in my head. <laughs> it's the last thing. That's the last thing I need. Yeah, yeah. One of the actors in, in Walking Dead. The uh, thing is, is like I never really watched the show, but I, I know that one of the actors went on to play the Punisher in the Daredevil uh, on Netflix. The show Daredevil. Oh, uh, that guy's name is like John Barenthal, something like that. He played. Right? Like he's actually. He was it. He was in Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, yeah, he was Lee Iacocca. He was yeah. Lee Iacocca in in Ford versus Ferrari, which I finally saw. What did you think? 
It was good. Yeah, it was good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I I thought... Go ahead. No, 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 I just, I, for, I forgot he was in there. Yeah. Well, it's the first time that he wasn't covered in blood from head to toe. Yeah. Um, somebody, somebody at work was telling me, I, I had, I, you know, I was watching those Marvel shows um, on Netflix and I, I, I finally, I checked out in, in part. I mean, some of them weren't very good. Iron Fist was never very good. Um, but, and, and Dare, Daredevil. Daredevil had its moments, but I think it was after the first. But, but, I mean, there was, a, there was like one scene in, in season one that was, was shockingly violent that I really wish. Door scene, uh, the car door scene. Okay. We don't have to, we don't have to rehash it, but yeah. I, did, I wasn't going to go any further than that. I just, the, the car scene. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say door. Yeah, but, but when a similar scene came along in The Punisher, I was out. Um, I mean, it wasn't similar with a car door, but it was it was long and gratuitous. And I just, I don't. Um, whereas I think, was it that first episode of or the first uh, season of Daredevil had that like extended fight scene in a in a stairway? And so like, you know, there's, there's like he's battling like uh, a SWAT team f over like four floors and like each you know, he's coming down like, and, in, in, you know, there's a landing. So it's like, um, you know, it's like an office. It's not really an office building. It's a, it's a, an, a, an apartment building, but instead of the elevators, you know, the, the stairway is, is, um, you know, is, is really tight and, uh, you know, he fights his way down the whole thing. And that was, that was exciting and pretty well filmed. Although, you know, mostly in the dark with a strobe light, I mean, you could kind of you kind of knew it was a stunt man so it wasn't you know it wasn't top notch but it was it was pretty good for a show anyway i stopped watching it i'm not heartbroken that everything's reverting back to disney hey speaking of disney channel have you watched did you watch hamilton yet no not yet no yeah okay we we do your homework you too yeah Construction right now in Texas, Brian, is booming. It is unbelievable. It, we, I am the busiest I have ever been before. Ever. Seriously? Yes. Like our company, the company that I get work through, and as well as the place where I pick up my nails and my, my supplies, they're saying that they can barely keep, that, you know, they're trying to constantly get shipments of, you know, tools and, and nails in for us because it's like unbelievable how, I don't know, how people are still able to afford homes. I, I don't know where every, these people are coming from. I mean, it's just new home after new home after new home. I'm, I'm trimming a new home four to at least four times a week, four homes a week, a week. And I'm just one of like 30 crews working for this company. Yeah, we've got the same thing here. We've got um, <clears throat> like trying to get a contractor out to, to, to look at something at, at your house is, is, is extremely difficult and even if you do the prices for for materials is, is just through the roof mm -hmm. um i've had a, a couple a couple of clients that i've had to you know get get people out to to look at things and it's just it's just been crazy expensive to get anything done so uh 
Yeah, money's coming from somewhere. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. I mean, uh... <laughs> no, I mean, th no, things are things are pretty good around here. Um, but uh, I don't know, like 40% of Americans don't have jobs. So it's kind of hard for me to think that the good times are going to keep rolling. I, I don't know. I know that I talked to some of the, the contractors that I know and they can't, they can't hire good help. They, they just, they cannot find anybody to, to work for them. One of the guys is paying apprentices to be an electrician, 18 bucks an hour to start. And that's just a guy off the street or somebody who went to a Votech? No, just a guy off the street. Just a guy who will show up every day and wants to learn how to do the trade. Really? Um, I wonder, huh? I do I think it is hard to get help though, like in, in most trades, especially here too. It's really hard. I've gone through like, like so many guys. <laughs> I've gotten rid of like five guys over the last couple of years. It just doesn't work out. Hmm. The youngsters well, these days, they're, la they're lazier than they I, I always tell them I, I was I was framing houses at at sixteen. It's like and they want us to stay up till three in the morning playing video games and then show up, you know, and then say I can't I can't show up to work. I'm I'm not feeling well. <laughs> um, everybody who's listening at home, Jared's forty, <laughs> not not four hundred. The way that last <laughs> comment would make it sound. <laughs> That's funny. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I wonder, uh, okay. So, so like the, okay. So millennials are like, are, are in the workplace. They're ensconced in the workplace and like generation Z is coming after them. So, um, uh, one of the best bosses at work is only like 25. I mean, he's, he's amazing. He's terrific. But um, really hardworking, but also really knowledgeable. I don't want to, um, but I, I got to think he's the exception and not the rule because I know plenty of, you know, guys in their late, mid, mid to late twenties who who just can't really seem to get it together. Um, but then, yeah. Anyway, it's 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 a it's a you know, one generation bleeding into another one, you know, the way I'm either the youngest boomer or the oldest Gen X. I would rather be the oldest Gen X, to tell you the truth. That's how I feel. <laughs> so what's, so Jer what Jared being 40 is, is what's his, uh, what's his tag? What's his, wouldn't that make him a young Gen X? 80, right? You're born in 80? 79. 79? Yeah. Probably, yeah, young Gen X. How old are you, Brian? 44. Oh, okay. I, I'm the uh, I'm, I'm the senior member of the party. Jeff's our dad. 
<laughs> Great podcast, Dad. Stay off the lawn. <laughs> so last week, okay, so a couple things. Uh, last week, um, uh, I interrupted Brian. He was we we, we were talking about uh, we were talking about the musical Hamilton. We were talking about um, uh, the actor who plays George Washington's handsome eyebrows. Uh, and uh, Brian was saying how he went to uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, not for the gala, where um, because he didn't have his chrome suit. Um, but he did see uh, the painting Washington Crossing the Delaware. And, and, and I made reference to um, uh, there is... Uh, a black man in the boat and I made certain assumptions. Uh, oh, and, I, and then last week we also mentioned, uh, I mentioned um, the historian David Hackett Fisher's book, Washington's Crossing. Um, and I made certain assumptions about some of the guys in the boat, uh, one in particular, and I wanted to share the following. This is from the introduction to uh, Washington's Crossing. Uh, it said, the painting is familiar to us in a general way, but when we look again, its details take us by surprise. Washington's small boat is crowded with 13 men. Their dress tells us that they are soldiers from many parts of America, and each of them has a story that is revealed by a few strokes of the artist's brush. One man wears the short tar tarpaulin jacket of a New England seaman. We look again and discover that he is of African descent. Another is a recent Scottish immigrant still wearing his Balmoral bonnet. A third is an androgynous figure in a loose red shirt, maybe a woman in man's clothing pulling at an oar. And then it goes on and it talks about um, uh, the, um, the perceived flaws and inaccuracies of it. It was painted in like the mid 1800s. Um, and Brian, you were saying that like the tour guide at the Met said that Washington would never stand up in such a tiny boat because it would have tipped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the things that he brought out, and he did he did bring it, um, make it uh, bring attention to what appears to be a woman, also rowing. I'm looking at the picture right now. Some of that stuff is coming back to me. So it was really really interesting. Some of the things he said. You know, if we were smart, we'd put a link to this picture uh, in the show notes. We'll talk to producer Jack about getting that done. That would be great. That'd be great. I know he's got a. I know he's practicing to get his driver's license, but <laughs> in, in in between then, yeah. So, so apparently, this is James Madison holding the flag. I didn't know that. Hmm. Um. So uh, let's see. There was one other thing I wanted to share. Um. Okay. So anyway, why do we trust that the sailor? of African descent was a freeman and not uh, a slave because the artist 
was in fact um, a strong abolitionist, hated slavery. So um, he probably wouldn't have included um, Washington's um, prisoners with jobs. And then we come to, um, uh, so Emmanuel uh, Leutz's painting shows only one side of this great struggle, but the artist clearly understood what it was about. He represented something of its nature in his image of George Washington and the men who soldiered with him. The more we learn about Washington, the greater his contribution becomes in developing a new idea of leadership during the American Revolution. Emmanuel Leutz brings it out in a tension between Washington and the other men in the boat. We see them in their diversity and their st stubborn autonomy. These men live the rights they were defending, often to the fury of their commander-in-chief. Uh, the painting gives us some sense of the complex relations that they had with one another and also with their leader. To study them with their general is to understand what George Washington meant when he wrote, a people unused to restraint must be led. They will not be drove. All of, the th all of these things were beginning to happen on Christmas night in 1776 when George Washington crossed the Delaware. Thereby hangs the tale. So that's David Hackett Fisher. Yeah, pretty good, right? That is so, good. Uh, no wonder it won the Pulitzer Prize in History in 2004. Well done. Yeah. Wait, so, Fisher. Sh shout out to uh, David Hackett Fisher. I actually uh, became. I, I, I want to do a. I, I want to do a whole episode on the Scots Irish, but I, I I learned of Hackett Fisher. Um, uh, reading a history of the Scots-Irish in America. Uh, he, uh, David Hackett Fisher wrote a book called Albion Seed of the different um, uh, in English or, or, or British um, uh, tribes or, or sorts of folks who ended up in North America. Um, and so the, 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 like the Virginia aristocracy was a lot different from the Scots-Irish, which would produce in due course Davy Crockett and um, Daniel Boone and, and those guys, the frontiersmen. Um, as the author of the book uh, Born Fighting um, described it, I mean, these were, these were people who give him a musket in the King James Bible and let him go out in, in, in homestead, and they were fine. They, they were okay sheltering in place. In fact, they <laughs> preferred it. So anyway, I'm, I, I, I've been putting that together. But the other thing I wanted to clear up from last time, I think that I said with everything going on in the world, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I think, I think I said that this was an incredibly, I can't remember how I put it. Um, with everything going on in the world, with all the demands on my time, is this really what I ought to be doing? And 
I was, I don't know. I was really enjoying the conversation with the two of you because I'm like, absolutely, yes. I, some, I answered my own altar call, which is embarrassing. What I, what I actually think is, um, if we keep this in perspective, this could be uh, fun and enlightening and um, a little bit therapeutic, which is good because I'm currently without benefit of uh, therapy. Um, you know, so, so, uh, yeah, let's, let's keep doing the podcast. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's a, a good diversion, uh, from, uh, rising hospitalizations and rising, uh, uh unemployment numbers. So rising, rising tempers, rising tempers, uh, rising temperatures, <laughs> <laughs> we actually got some feedback too. Uh, Did we? Yeah, which is pretty great. Um, but I'm not sure. I I was looking for it, and then you guys ended up on the phone, and then um, I was having a hard time uh, finding it again. So talk amongst yourselves and give me a minute. <laughs> uh, so so Jared, you do you work for like national builders um, or who do you like, who do you do most of your work for? So I'm a subcontractor for a company that actually, I, I don't know if you, if you've heard of the name BMC before, mm -hmm. but so BMC. Here. Oh, okay. So I yeah. knew that I knew they were pretty, they were pretty big. I didn't know a whole lot about them, but they recently bought out the company I had been working for. And so now everything I'm getting is, you know, through BMC and they cover, you know, most of the DFW area, um, but go even further south and north than that. So I'm doing work for quite a few different builders. It just kind of depends, you know, um, they try to keep us all in an area uh, close to where we live. So most of my work is usually within 15, 20 miles from where I live. So it just kind of depends. It's, um, you know, the, the used to do a lot of work for Centex homes and um, lately it's been Bloomfield, Sandlin Homes. I don't know if that, I don't know if those names have reached Colorado at all. Yeah, so we had we had Centex here. Um, okay. They built they, they they built quite a few homes in the seventies and eighties here. Um, I don't think that they currently build here anymore. Okay. But yeah, I was wondering yeah. what happened to them. They a long time ago um, here here uh, close to home, and this is when Jeff was working with us, Centex had these, um, gosh, what would you call them, Jeff? It was like, Centex built nice homes, but then they, then they did these really small, well, not, no, no, they weren't always small, but they're just real simple, square homes, just as cheap as you can build. I mean, vinyl, uh, half vinyl siding, half brick. I mean, they looked like boxes. And at the time, I think you could, you could buy a four to 5,000 square foot home for you know, two hundred thousand dollars. It's like something, something crazy. But it was all about the uh, the space. It just had a, a lot of room in them. But they're real uh, simple. Je Jeff, he loved that time. Um, I thought that those were Fox and Jacobs, but they yeah, they so were. Fox and Jacobs was a, a and it was Centex. Centex did Fox and Jacobs. That was like their oh, okay. their cheaper homes. Okay, okay. Actually, the home I'm living in, 
I think is Fox and Jacobs from the seventies. So probably like every other business in the world, it's been consolidated and bought and sold and rolled into, you know, some sort of Cayman Island shell corporation. Unilever. I think they're, they're the, the company now that. (laughs) Probably. Or the, the Shineheart wig company. Yeah. Yeah. So we got, um, so we got an, an email about the last podcast about episode 21. And I want to share part of it with you. Uh, the subject line is very angry. <laughs> and then Lauren N writes, I was kidding about the very angry thing. <laughs> Call it subject line clickbait. <laughs> I like Lauren N so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lauren N's actually a friend of mine. Uh, it says, I appreciated the Hudsucker proxy reference. I loved most things Cohen Brothers, but that one has always been special to me, partly because um, it flew under the radar. I could do an entire show on why the Hudsucker proxy is preferable to Lebowski, which has a cult following, which everybody loves, blah, blah, blah. And and Hudsucker is very similar, but it's more positive, And it's the difference between a PG rating and an R rating. You know, I mean, I, I, I feel like Sam Elliott uh, at the end of that movie, who's like, dude, why so much cussing? <laughs> anyway, Lauren N goes on and says, as far as the pressure cooker slash acceleration thought, totally agree. And if this what feels like the best use of your time, which he said is not the expression I use, but I think maybe it is the best, uh, the expression that I use. And I'm not sure I would say um, when I'm not uh, caught up in the uh, gemuclekite of uh, talking to my uh, two buddies on, it's German. Um, I think, yeah, you're not going to be able to Google it. How do you spell it? it? It's got the U with the two dots on it. It's got the umlaut. Anyway. Was that the name of the, name of the alien they worshipped in South Park? <laughs> the Catholics? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it was Gelgamech. Or Gel- yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is the best use of my time. I, I, I think it's absolutely not the best use of my time. I got to get to Home Depot. I got to get some stuff. Yeah, and... Yeah. Um, I do remember from last week, though, saying that I would either paint or take a nap when it was over with, and I didn't either. So, uh, <laughs> when's the last time you been to Home Depot? Just, you're just curious. E- either of you, when's the last time you've been to Home Depot? Two, three weeks. Same here. Have you, I don't know, you know, what it's like. You know, I know Jeff's not, not that far away from me, but the Home Depots here, I feel, are probably one of the worst places to go. I feel like there are more people in Home Depots than any other, you know, stores I've had to go. And it's in, it's insane. Like I'll walk in and it's like, I feel like there's a thousand people in the store. I agree. Yep. Same thing here. I mean, they, they do have a line outside where they're, they give an appearance that they're like monitoring a one in one out type of thing. Uh, but it's, that's, that doesn't really seem to be the case once you get in. It's like, 
it's like walking around on the concourse at a football game in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to go in, you know, on a fairly regular basis. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of frustrating how many people are coming in and out. And it's not like it's, it doesn't look like it's a lot of contractors. It's, I think it's just a lot of people doing, you know, cause they don't have nothing to do. They they're doing stuff on their homes. So it's just a lot of people from everywhere coming in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree about that too. I think certain times a day you get contractors, but, um, you know, it, it, it but it's going to be like the grocery store or anything else, any place you got to go to. I mean, if you go in the middle of the day, you can't be surprised and you can't complain when it's, when it's busy, you know, if you, you know, go first thing in the morning and you probably have the store mostly to yourself. Is Lowe's the same way? We're all Home Depot guys. We're men. We're real men. (laughs) This episode of (laughs) Managing Expectations has not been brought to you by the Home Depot, but you wouldn't know it to listen to us. Actually, we have a new sponsor. Mrs. Winger Makes Masks. (laughs) Mrs. Winger has got, she's working on a website now. It's, I can send you guys the link, but I don't, it's not like www.mrswingermakesmasks.com. It's, um, it's, uh, uh, she, she's going to be on Instagram. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a deal like through Square, you know, the, the credit card payment company. Right. So the the site is built there and then um, but uh, for great protective masks that are 100 percent cotton, uh, double layered, they have a flap in back so you insert a, uh, a, a coffee filter Um I'm reminded of last week when we talked about. The yeah, flat. yeah. I don't think we need to redo jokes. It's only been a week, so. I was, try- I was I was trying to put a detour sign in front of Jared there, saying, "Hey, we've already heard this one." Yeah, you know, I was actually you. You know, you talking about Jolene doing the mass. Um, the the actress who is from, I don't know if any of you guys ever watched Mad TV, but Stephanie. I think I'm saying her name right. Stephanie Wire is that her? Is that her name? Stephanie Ware. Wire, that sound familiar? No. So I mean, she wasn't like anybody real famous, but she's been doing uh, some no, shows. Apparently not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's been doing some shows on YouTube on how to make masks. But she's, you know, she's a comedian, and so the whole, the whole thing, uh, the whole video is her accidentally like cutting herself through the whole thing, and by the end, she's, you know, she's got tons of bandages all over her hand, and then she's finally got like a glass of wine. <laughs> But she starts off talking about how how it's so easy to make these masks, and as every time you see her doing anything with scissors or with the sewing machine, she ends up cutting herself. That's kind of funny. It was, it was all right. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, you're you're totally breaking my mojo trying I'm to sure. uh, you're, trying to you're sell my wife's. On, you're stepping pants. all over the sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Julie, bring Julie on. She's home, right? She's not. Oh. No, she's she's at her day job. It's unbelievable. Um, uh, a guy at work who bought one of uh, Mrs. Winger's masks 
was remi- uh, said um, uh, he related. So, uh, which one's the Adam Sandler movie with the golfer? Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. So, like his, so Happy Gilmore's grandmother is in a home, and Ben Stiller is the is like the caretaker, head, head nurse or something. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's got like all the old ladies making custom quilts, right? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and he says, so an old lady says about her her fingers hurt. He says, well, maybe your you, now your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled two weeks of lawn duty. <laughs> so this guy at work accused me of uh, working Mrs. Winger that way, but um, uh, the fact the fact is, uh, Mrs. Winger puts in a day and then comes home and like sews like crazy. But um, it yeah, she's amazing. We'll, uh, we'll we'll link to it in the show notes. If if we had something to link to, I've been on the site, Mrs. Winger's. Yeah. No, not pack100media.com. No, I, I've been on the, the, the mask site. Oh, that would be very helpful if we could put that in the show notes. Do you think that um, producer engineer Jack would, would will be able to figure that out? Yeah, big time. Jack, have you finished your homework yet? Okay, this is kind of funny too. Like, okay, because G- Mrs. Winger for years... Uh, would would uh, flip through the J. Crew catalog and apparently never paid any attention. So, uh, you, as as my old friend Joe Saya used to say, you can't just sell the steak; you got to sell the sizzle. Okay, so um, Mrs. Winger has asked for my help in naming the particular designs. Okay, so like there was. <laughs> there was one that she called <laughs> Blue Snow. I'm like, hon, I don't think that's going to take anybody's breath away. What do you think of Finlandia? Oh, yeah, that's better. Let's go with that. Yeah. So, so we're <laughs> Blue Blue Snow. And then that reminded me of uh, Steve Carell in the Anchorman movies where he's like, I love Lamp. (laughs) I love Carpet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... So anyway, so we've got some we got some really uh, classy names, but uh, so this uh, episode of managing expectations, episode twenty two, I'm actually kind of proud of that because, in spite of our hiatus, we are back, baby. We got bumper music, we got an engineer, we've had the team together two weeks in a row. Holy smokes, we are just. We changed your mind about Logan Lucky. <laughs> well, Jeff, seven out of eight ain't just bad. Finish just finish the movie. I don't know it's anybody. So who... hilarious at the end. No, I. I'm, I'm no, sorry. The, the, the truth. The truth is, is that you're better off not finishing because the, I, I think that it ends kind of clunky. Um, it, it, it should have just ended 
when the heist ended. Yeah. Uh, when Hillary Swank shows up oh, yeah. and nothing against Hillary Swank is just, it just kind of comes apart at that point. She, she keeps looking scarier and scarier to me. Well, what it is about Hillary Swank. <laughs> Having a boxing career will do that to you. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, you know, I'm not sure I'm I've sure. ever seen. Oh, the Walking Dead. That would have been that would have been good. Hillary Swank, right? No. <laughs> would you? We're not going to get I shut guess. down now because I'm making fun of Hillary Swank, are we? <laughs> not, well, no, I, I don't. I don't know that I've ever actually seen a Hillary Swank movie. Really? Million, million Dollar Baby? Never saw it. I heard it was pro-suicide. Next Karate Kid? Okay. Was it? Was speaking, it? Of, speaking of Finlandia, that sounded like you were Puhutkoa Suomian. <laughs> but I think you said Karate Kid Part 4 or something? Yeah, there's Karate Kid 3 with the same Danielson actor, whatever, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> and then the when, she, when Swank came in, I thought it was called The Next Karate Kid. And then, then I thought the one after that was with Jackie Chan and Will Smith's son. Or am I getting the names wrong? I can't remember if I'm getting the names wrong. But Hillary, Sw Hil Hillary Swank did one with uh, Pat. Uh, what was his last name? Moriarty. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Marita. I'll let you guys butcher the name. <laughs> Moriarty. The and funniest then, thing about him he, is that he speaks better English than we do. <laughs> and he's just putting on that, that Japanese accent. That was so crazy. Uh, okay. Well, he was really Japanese-American. Uh, I know, but he, if you, he if had you, no accent. All right. I was trying to wrap things up because... Uh, the attention span is, you know, we want to keep this tight. Uh, but listen, have you guys ever seen uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's? It's a it's a huge women's movie. So I know Brian's had to sit through it because of his wife. <laughs> and and probably soon to be his daughter. You're going to have to watch, you know, you're going to have to watch that again. I That's, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must just, it must well, uh, we better wrap this up because it's they've got the the intro credits paused right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so in Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, Mickey Rooney plays a Japanese neighbor, and it is the most shockingly offensive racist thing. And I think you guys know I'm not I'm not in a ivory tower of political correctness here. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I think I, we, watched, we watched the video in like the mid 90s and I'm like, holy smokes, that's terrible. I mean, he like had buck teeth and and Coke bottle glasses and he talks in like just this pigeon English. It was it was it was shocking. I mean, it would be like having a black character with a bone through his nose. I mean, it was unbelievable. The uh, the, the Bugs Bunny episodes. <laughs> Think thought it was pretty rough. <laughs> Bugs Bunny did a breakfast at Tiffany's thing. He, well, no, he did, he, uh, yeah, he, he did, did it. 
Japanese, yeah, yeah like a <laughs> Japanese, a Japanese character type thing. They did it quite a few times, I thought too. Oh yeah, bugs. It was bad. Um, yeah, yeah. You know when those? Okay, so if you think that those were done in like the fifties and sixties, think about this. So I, I was watching a debate on YouTube at the uh, uh, Cambridge Union. Between uh, James, Bo okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm really sh going high, uh, and I'm going overtime. Uh, James Baldwin and William F. Buckley, but it was in England in 1965. The end of World War II was only 20 years ago. That means, I mean, like they were as close to World War II when they filmed this debate as we are from hanging check in the um y2k oh y2k it's a one it's a wonder any of us you, you probably still have canned goods from y2k yeah. <laughs> i tell you what I, 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 I we will close with this the 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 current world situation really needs to culminate Otherwise, I'm going to have emergency canned peas and emergency canned corn for a long, long time. And that's how we manage your expectations. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm Jeff Winger. I've been here with Brian Grimm and Jared Reiser. Fellas, thanks very much for making time. It's been good. Okay, we will uh, talk to everyone next time. Let's go to work. <laughs>